it's hard to tell whether they have it if you don't know them. Amen. And, and I know a lot of people, they, they say things about God that they don't know him for one is, and, and they're talking. It's just basically it's a gossip about our God and they don't know him and they don't know of his love. They don't know of his integrity and therefore they speak and I'm talking about Christians, okay? They speak about God and they say, well, he, he didn't answer my prayer. Yes, he did. He answered it 2,000 years ago. You just, <laughs> kind of like what Smith Wigglesworth told that gentleman that he pushed off the stage. <laughs> he come back up and he said, I'm not healed. He said, yeah, you're healed and you're just too stupid to know it. And he booted him off the stage. As soon as he hit the floor, he was healed. But, and I'm sad to say about some of our Christian brothers that that's a fact. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm sure a lot of people think I'm stupid and don't know what I'm talking about half the time. And they could possibly be right, okay? But it's no different than anything. You need to get to know the people. Amen? Uh, we went in business with a guy back after Charlie. Didn't know whether he had integrity, and it turned out he didn't. And it cost us a lot of money. But those are things you need to know. And you can usually tell if you get close to them, listen to them talk a little bit sometimes. But you need to even get closer than that. But that's why it's so important. And you know, that's why we teach the Word of God here. That's why we teach about the relationship with God. You don't just go to church, plop yourself down. You need to get to know the person that we're teaching. One, He is the Word that we teach. And His Father is our Father. And He's told us that. And he showed us from cover to cover his integrity. But if you don't take it and read it and meditate on it, you'll never catch a hold of it. So that when you speak his word, we need to know that all of heaven's behind us if we speak his word in faith and we truly take that word as truth and walk in it. And that's how you can distinguish a Christian's life from a what 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 does Pastor Bob call the other ones that they're they're born again? They're just not walking with God. Okay, they don't know Him. Carnal Christians, is that what we call them? They don't know and haven't stepped into and haven't been taught. And it, and it's sad that that the body of Christ hasn't been taught about their relationship with their Lord and their Savior. That it's a spiritual relationship, and you need to you need to take it spiritually, and you need to take His Word as that, and you need to eat it. And that's what he talked about when he talked about the covenant. You can't be in covenant with me if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood. Well, that's his word, and that's what he's talking about. Of course, you know, back then everybody's thinking in natural, oh, well, he's a cannibal. Well, no, he wasn't a cannibal. You just need to know about covenants. And if you don't know about the blood covenant, you don't know the whole, the whole reason he came to this earth to save us. And if you don't know about the blood covenant, I would suggest you order the book. There's a couple books there that you can get from, from Amazon. One's by Trumbull and one's by E.W. Kenyon. And they're the blood covenant and they'll explain them to you. As far as they know, that blood covenant, covenant has never been broken in Africa. When it was made, it has never been broken. They don't have any, any record of it ever being broken. That's how binding that blood covenant is. And basically, I think I shared Thursday night or Wednesday night that they, your own family will kill you if you break the covenant. You don't need to worry about the other family that you're in covenant with. Your own family will come and kill you because you're a disgrace. 
And that's the blood covenant that we are in with our Lord and Savior Jesus. That's why we need to honor him because of his integrity. And again, people talk about it and they don't, they don't know God, but you need to know his word and you need to know the integrity that he has in the integrity of his word because that is him. Amen? All right. Um, we're going to start in Genesis 1-1, but I want, to, I want to share a couple things with you here that I got looking at because, you know, God's created all of creation, but I looked at a couple things here. Do any of you know how fast we're going right now? We are going 66,616 miles an hour on the planet. And we're spinning at 1,037 miles per hour. And yet we're still hanging on. Okay, because that was his word and that's what he put. He put that in. It wasn't the Big Bang, okay? They can, they can talk about all that they want to. It was him and he spoke his word and that is the integrity of his word. Who knows how old the earth is? We don't know yet. We know how long man's been here, but we don't know how old the earth is, okay? And we do know that the solar system, there's stars being born, either they're being born or they, no, they are being born because they took you to where the birthplace of the stars comes from. You can watch them and they've got them time-lapse video and you see it starting and then you see it, it's moving out and it heads on out to where God's sending it. And the expanse of our solar system, is, it's expanding every year, every year it expands and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger because of the integrity of that word that he spoke. Amen. Do we know if there's any other life out there? No, we don't, do we? I know his word to us doesn't mention anything about it. So I'm not concerned about it. Amen. Because of the integrity of his word. He's given man authority on this earth. So if we do have aliens out there, I know I've got authority over them. And I can, I can send them where I need to send them or do whatever we need to do with the Word of God because of that integrity. Amen? <clears throat> Amen. And you know what? I spoke Wednesday about being imitators of, of Jesus. We need to be imitators of Jesus. That's, that's, our main, that's our main objective on this earth to show the world who He was or who He is because he, he still is, okay? But... All they can do is see what they can read in the Word, but we can be an example to Him, and it's important that we do so, all right? Um, he gave us the example in His life in the, in the Gospels, okay? And, you know, we think when we give a testimony... That is pretty much where we've invested our lives into his word and it's come back to us and it is a testimony and everybody has one. You know, nobody's is any more glorious than anybody else's. It's just God doing something in your life and that's your testimony and it should have the integrity of God within that testimony because he did what was done. It's nothing that we did. We just, we heard and did and obeyed and then he put his word into operation in our lives and we had the manifestation of whatever we had desired. Amen? Is that correct? All right. 
So we just, and you know what? We'll, we'll all have many more testimonies. But his testimony, which is basically the Gospels, his testimony is the greatest testimony ever because he has put life into us through his word and through his life. And that's why we need to vest on into what he's done for us and, and give all that he gave us because he gave us everything. Amen? Amen. All right, Genesis 1-1. We're going to start and we're probably, I don't know, we'll jump around. I don't think we're going to go to the bottom, but we'll hit a few things. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Let me stop right there and say this as I was reading into that and I got into, uh, I got into the, the Hebrew on that. It was chaos is what that word is, talks about. Nothing but chaos was out there, okay? Things going here and going there and whatever. But it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. He was waiting to hear the Word of God so he could move and operate and perform the Word of God. Same thing he does for us. Things have not changed from then till now. It's the same, same Spirit of God and it's the same Word of God that gets spoken through us. If it's alive on the inside of you, it gets spoken through us so that the Spirit of God can go into operation and do what, whatever He does, whether it's a miracle, whether it's a financial thing that He's doing for you, whatever. But it's us hanging with that and knowing and putting all of our, uh, all of our heart in it so that we can receive what He's got for it. Okay, you can go to three. <clears throat> then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Illumination. All of us were in chaos before we got born again, okay? You can say what you want. You think you had your life in order and everything. No, you didn't. You were in chaos, and you needed to be illuminated by the Word of God. Amen? That's when somebody came and shared that Word with you, and it lit a spark on the inside of you, and you might not have, might not have done it then, but at some point in time, you got illuminated. Amen? How many of you know if you got a light bulb, you got to keep it turned on? Amen. A lot of us didn't keep it turned on, but you know what? We, we've got it turned on now. We've got the generator running. Let there be light, and there was light. We don't know if it was instantaneous. Could have taken a little bit of time for that to come together, and that doesn't matter. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided light from the darkness. We had darkness last night, didn't we? <clears throat> And if you don't get illuminated, you'll have darkness in your life. There's so many people that are walking in that now. And it's sad. It's sad because we've got the answer for them if they'll just listen to us and, and just invest a little bit. And that's why we need to be, we can't be like a bunch of fruitcakes. Okay? Because I don't want, I, I can't talk long to a fruitcake. I don't like talking to a fruitcake. We need to have some integrity in our lives so that people... You know, I've had people come to me just that I'd done some work for the one gentleman and, and he, he came to me and his wife had told him, you know, and he has passed since I've talked to him, but she said, you know, if you die, I won't ever see you again because I'm going to heaven. And just because of my relationship with him, he called me and I went over and prayed with him and now he is in heaven. He's waiting on her. But if I'd have been an idiot, okay, or a fruitcake, and it's something we got to know on the inside. 
Some people you need to be a fruitcake to, some you don't, okay? Amen? <laughs> Said God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. All right. That confused me for a long time, but basically I talked to a good friend of mine that knew and explained it to me scientifically. We had a, uh, we had a moisture barrier all around the earth that the sun couldn't get through. And he explained to me that's why people live to be thousands of years old because the sun rays are what destroy our body, our skin cells. Well, after the flood, then all that was gone. So that's when that started. That's why we see him trimming back to a few years of, of life when we think about that. You know, I'm not saying 128 good. That's, that's good. But anyhow, he explained that to me. But the waters were up there, and then they came down, and the waters came up when the flood from the center of the earth. But anyhow. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament. Okay, that was the under. All right, go to 8. And God called the firmament heaven so that the evening and the morning were the second day. All right? I'm going to spare us a whole lot of reading because you all can go and read this, but you need to look and read where it says, Then God said. All right? Go through and read it. To, read the whole chapter because it goes down and it says, Then God said. And then usually in the very end when he created man, he said everything was good. He saw that it was good. What he had spoken and what was created was good. But then when he gets to the end and he says he saw a man, he says he saw that it was very good because he had created his own image, which is us, okay, whether we believe it or not. We are in his image, and he created us, and that's what made him say it was very good. Amen? And I'm glad he did. Amen? So we know that we're spirit beings. But go down and read all that and see when he said, when he said. And because he said it, the Holy Spirit was right there creating it. From his words, which are out into the air. But it's so important that we speak those words with the anointing on them, with our, the life that's in us behind them words, so that they can create. They are a creative force. Brother Caps has written several books about that. God's Word, the creative force in nature. And it's catching a hold of how we are to operate. You know, we're not, one, we're not here by circumstance. It wasn't a crapshoot. God has a purpose for every person. Not that every person will ever find it out or even find out the complete one. I think Pastor Owen shared something the other, uh, the other day about it when we, we were talking about when, when Dr. Bill brought that minister here from Russia and when he, he, he had taught us, he had driven by the graveyard, he said all of the unfulfilled dreams that were buried with those people because they couldn't hook up with God. He said all of the dreams and all of the plans that are buried in that cemetery because we didn't find out or they didn't find out what God's plan was for them because he's got one for everybody. Yeah, we got to work. We got to work to, you know, but the bottom line is we need to learn to sow. And if we'll get a hold of that, what Jesus taught, we can get past the work job 
get past the work part and get into the sewing part. And it is a process. It's, it's not something. But there again, you need to speak that word. You need to speak that word out there and put the life behind your giving so that God's got something to work with it. You know, people that just drop the money in the bucket and don't say nothing, don't add his word to it. You might as well just, you know, you shouldn't have flushed it down the toilet, but you could have spent it on something else, okay? But that's, that's what it's about, though. But when we do and operate in that, we need to release that word. But again, that word needs to be alive on the inside, you know? And we've had, you know, we've had people, well, all you do is teach the word. There isn't anything else. I'm sorry. But you know what? That means you only got to learn one thing. Amen? We got to learn his word. We got to learn his word. Let's go to Romans 10 10. I don't even need to go there. I don't even Let me back up here. I do want to see. Let me do this, okay? Let's stop right here for a second before we go there. I'm going to read you. The definition of integrity. And then we've got some synonyms I'll share with you. It's firm adherence to a code of especially moral or artistic values, incorruptibility, an unimpaired condition, soundness, the quality or state of being complete or undivided, completeness. Synonyms we have are character, honesty, rectitude, which that one evades me, but somebody here that knows a little bit more about it than I do would know. We have uprightness. We have decency. We have morality. And here's one that we would know, righteousness, virtue, goodness, probity, you're the school teachers. I'm looking at you guys. <laughs> Rightness and virtuousness. Okay? So that's the definition of integrity. All right? And that would be man's definition of it. Now, God's definition, I don't know. You'd have to go in. I never found, I didn't find, I didn't find uh, integrity in either one of the, New or Old Testament, but it doesn't really matter. This covers it, and that's basically what it is, that we're, there's an incorruptibility, there's a soundness, and there's a completeness in our lives if we walk in integrity. It's going to bless your life. Probably keep you out of jail, too, at some point in time. <laughs> All right, Romans 10.10, 10. we know what this is. This, is. this is our confession. It says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What do we confess? That Jesus is Lord. I want him in my heart. And what did God do? Boom. Because of the integrity of that word, you got him in your heart. Same happens with the Holy Ghost. Same thing happens. Some people don't, don't get to the part of praying in tongues, but when you pray and ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost, you're filled. Boom. At the end of that prayer, you're filled if you desire the Holy Ghost. Okay? Then you need to be introduced to him and let somebody help you know the person of the Holy Spirit. 
And that's something, you know, we have, it's just something you need to humble yourself to and say, hey, I don't know him. I want to know him. We have all the classes that we teach him on. Spend time with people, one-on-one, helping you get to where you can pray in the Holy Ghost. Hear from the Holy Ghost. Because he is walking in the same integrity of the Word of God. But he's waiting to hear us speak that word so that he can operate and function in our lives. He is the one that's doing it. You know, Jesus was a man, so within Jesus' self and his life and his human person, because he did lay down his deity, and people, I don't know these people, you read this stuff online, they say, how could God be born if he was God, and how could he die and be raised again if... People, people, he was a man. They don't get it. He wasn't God. He set that aside. He set his deity aside. People cannot comprehend it. And then they say, well, how can we be like Jesus? He was God. No, he was not. He was filled with the Holy Ghost just like we are. He was born again just like we are. Or he, do, he wasn't born again when he walked the earth, but he got born again when he died. And that's, that's where God's word enabled us to become born again because we were dead and we were in that chaos that we were talking about whether we thought it was or not. These people that, that are making all this money and, and all this stuff and doing all these things, if they're not born again, they're in chaos. They might not know it, but they're in chaos because they're not illuminated. So it's important. But we know that Jesus walked the earth as a man. Would it be fair if he hadn't? No, it wouldn't be fair to us, would it? Because then it wouldn't be possible for us. It wouldn't be possible for us. That's why he gave up his deity. He never called himself the son of God. He called himself the son of man. Every time he spoke, the son of man, the son of man. But that right there, the integrity behind God's word, when you pray that prayer, you're born again. And you know what? I know the devil comes and he attacks us because he did me. But you know what cured that, don't you? Getting filled with the Holy Ghost because you cannot get the Holy Ghost unless you're born again. And that's why he is so set against the Holy Ghost. That's why churches and denominations don't believe people need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a separate operation and you need to step on in and get what God's got for you. The tongues is no different than a foreign language. I can't speak a foreign language but I can pray in tongues because he enabled me to do that. And nobody can understand them but God unless he reveals them back to us. Amen? And there's a reason for that so the devil don't know what you're praying. Okay? So he can't get in there and mix everything up. Amen? Let's take a look at John 14, 10. John 14, 10. He says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? He said, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. All right. Who would you say Jesus is imitating? I say he's imitating the Father, isn't he? And he told us right there, didn't he? He didn't have any authority. 
The only authority he would have on the earth was the authority that was given to man in the beginning that he could walk in, but he knew about that authority and he walked in it and the devil wasn't going to push him all over. He had all the religious leaders playing their games, which they still play their games, okay? They still play their games here and people call them out. They don't like it now any better than they liked it back then but they do. But we see that Jesus is imitating and he's walking in the integrity of God. Now, if you talk to the old religious leaders, they'd tell you he was crazier than a loon and he didn't have any integrity, but he did have. Or the people wouldn't have followed him. See, people aren't stupid. Well, after what I told you Ben Franklin said, I better rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> Remember what he said, we're all born ignorant, we're all born ignorant, but some work hard at staying stupid, okay? But, <laughs> but no, most people, if they're looking on the inside, they can see, they can see through, you know how you've, you've been in a situation and said, eh, something just ain't right, okay? And he wouldn't have had that many people following him. He wouldn't have had the crowds he had. Of course, he'd done the miracles or, you know, he... He himself didn't do the miracles, so it was the Holy Ghost. But he knew how to operate in that, and that's what we need to learn how to operate in the integrity of that word and, and all that goes around us. Just like Brother Terry, you know, we, we should be able to reach right into that spirit realm and get what we need for either ourselves or for whoever we're praying for. And uh, knowing that when we do that, <laughs> that Holy Ghost that's hovering... Okay, he's hovering. Of course, God's eyes are looking to and fro. But he's hovering, and if he hears that word spoken, not only with the authority, but with the faith behind it that we're supposed to speak it with, he's going to be moving. You figure if we're going, what, 66,000 miles an hour? And God's eyes are traveling to and fro over all the earth to see who? Can you imagine how fast he can move? Amen. Anybody in here know what the speed of light is? It's 186,000 miles per second. Per second. That's fast. They say you get going faster than that. That's what supposedly the, the, the time machine does. It reverses time, but I don't believe that. But nonetheless... Okay, and it doesn't really matter to God. He can go into the past, into the future, into the present. So, amen. He steps in and steps out just like Brother Terry talked about the spirit realm. Here's God right here. He can step in to your life, do what he needs to do for you, and step out and be right where he's supposed to be. Amen. We do know he lives on the inside. We do know we have that resurrection power living on the inside. And when Pastor Lisa shared that, we need to keep that before us. You have that resurrection power. Amen? That resurrection power that they had stated, any of you know about the Shroud of Turin? They had stated there isn't enough power on the earth to make that negative on that linen cloth. Not enough power on the face of the earth to make that negative on that linen cloth. So that tells me it had to be the Holy Spirit which has more power than is on the face of the earth. And they're pretty sure that's a proven fact.
Again, who you ask about integrity, it's hard to say, isn't it? And again, it's a creative power that we have on the inside of us if we keep that word on the inside of ourselves and keep it alive. Amen? And that's meditation. That's spending time in the Word, spending time praying in the Holy Ghost so that we know and can walk in that authority. And, and walking in God's authority and walking in His Word is automatically going to put you into the integrity. Okay? They're synonymous with each other. When you walk in His Word, you're going to be walking in His integrity. And He'll show you on the inside. If there's things that need to be... Uh, Pastor Joan just heard something the other day that she was having some issues and she had made a statement and the Holy Ghost corrected her. And she said, wow. Correction, but she said, like she said, it was correction with love. And she jumped on it. So, it's important. Uh, and again, God gets the blame for a lot of stuff that he didn't do, okay? Any of these tragedies, any of these hurricanes, any of these, these fires and all this other idiocy that people speak about him who don't know him, who don't know he is not in control of the earth. Read the word, people. That's why we teach the word, so you know who's in charge of the earth until Jesus returns and we get our seven years at the feast then he'll be back in charge. But until then, the devil's still running the show, but he can't run our show because we've got authority over him. But the world is getting rolled down the hill. Amen? Amen. Uh, if you read in Genesis, get to 18, read chapter 18. You can read 16 to 33 if you want. If you want to mark that down, I'll just... It's talking about when God came down and visited Abraham because of his integrity. He said, would I go and do this to Sodom and Gomorrah without talking to... Who is he going to talk to? His covenant. His covenant man that he made covenant with. And he said, no, I can't. And he went and talked to Abraham. And Abraham talked back to him and said, would you do this if there was 50, 40, down to 10? And God said, no, if there's 10 there. He said, I won't. So, and then he left. And it was the same, same thing that Sarah said about when God said, next year when I come back here, Sarah will be with child. And she laughed. If God tells you something and you know it's God, don't laugh. <laughs> okay? Because that's what he spoke and that integrity brought that to pass. And she laughed because she was an old woman. Amen. And he called her on it, though. He did. <laughs> and she lied to him and said she didn't laugh. He said, oh, yeah, you laughed. You laughed. <laughs> uh, you can read about Moses and Joshua. All that God confirmed that word when, when Joshua needed the earth to stand still. <laughs> Boom, it stopped. It stopped until he won. I don't think of any other time that God's ever stopped the earth from moving. But he stopped it then. I wonder if everybody had a quick jerk when it stopped. <laughs> Let's take a look at Psalm 90. Psalm 90, 1 through 4. 
He said, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Before, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. You turn man to destruction and say, return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past and like a watch in the night. Okay, we see that, and you know what? Before the earth was formed, we were in him. It tells us that. We were in God's heart before the earth was formed. Again, we don't know how long ago that was. Okay? We know when Adam hit the earth about 6,000 years ago. But we don't know how long ago he created the earth. It'll be fun when we get to heaven. Maybe we'll get to see all that or when we get back to the earth. Find out where the dinosaurs came and where they went. Let's take a look at Psalm 100, verse 6. Psalm 100, verse 6. We know he's from everlasting to everlasting. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Oop, I'm sorry, Tim. Verse 6. There's no 6? Oh, okay. Let's go to Psalm 103 then. Oh, no, there it is right there. Okay, five. I'm sorry. Oh, I had scribbled it out and didn't see it. Yep. Sorry about that, Tim. <laughs> For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Amen. 103. 1 through 12. Psalm 103. 1 through 12. We know this. It should be one of your daily confessions. It is mine, but... Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. For the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Amen. So don't think God's holding anything against you. If you ask him to forgive you, he shipped it out of here and he's forgotten it. Amen. That's hard for us to do sometimes, isn't it? Go to 19 and 20, Pastor Tim. <clears throat> it says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Amen. So that's the importance of knowing the voice of his word or having that word alive on the inside of you. You know, I think, I think a lot of our angels are collecting unemployment sometimes because we don't, we don't talk enough, okay? 
we don't put them on 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 task but it's something we need to and i'm guilty too but we need to pick it up so that we can get these things going the way we need to get them going so it's important that we do that oh we're not going to get through all this but let's go to hebrews one we're going to do one through three hebrews one one through three It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also we, he made the worlds. We know it, what, that, what that was talking about. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. It's important that we do that. Amen. He's spoken these things to us. We need to get a hold of that. Go to chapter 2, 1 through 4. It says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through the angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, who was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So God showed himself through Jesus in doing all those things. And that was the integrity of his word being shown. Okay? The thing... Um, and you know what I got to thinking about? Jesus knew... I know we can't comprehend how creation was created. Okay? We got an idea. But he knew all that because he was the one that did it. Amen? He was the one that did it. And he knew of the importance of him being here and of the importance of what he had to do. And all that he did in that three and a half years, you couldn't even fathom how on target and on track he was. Because John said if we had put everything that he did in books, wouldn't be enough books in the world. So he was a mover. And he, had, he was focused on that. And, and just what he said here, we, we can't neglect so great a salvation, but also we need to get focused on what the Word of God has for us. We need to get focused on what he has uh, in our lives and what our purpose is here. Amen? I know our purpose is to share him. That's the main purpose, that we go out and share him with us. But we have other purposes that we need to do. And, you know, we need to, we need to jump into... I know they say church and government aren't to be mixed. They are to be mixed, okay? They are to be mixed. They're to be one, and it's important. Um, and you know if that's our purpose, and we need to get involved in that. I'm just going to tell you, go to Hebrews uh, 11, all of you. We're not going to have time for that, Tim. But go to Hebrews 11. Um, let's go to Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Pastor Tim, and we'll read that, and then I'll just share everything else with you, okay? It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. 
and by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made by the things which are visible. So we need to speak the word of God. The word of God spoken is invisible. We can't see it. It can be seen in the spirit realm though. We've had people talk to us about that that it comes out like fire when it comes from your heart and it's alive. It comes out like a flame into the spirit realm. And that releases the Holy Ghost and it releases the angels to do what they're called to do on their part. Because, you know, as, as Pastor Lisa said, without you all, I can't be the body of Christ. But it's no different in the whole creation theme. Without God and without the angels and everything else, we got a big job to get done here before he returns. And we need to get combined and, and put everything that he's placed in our salvation, put it into operation to the best of our ability, and God's grace will help us out with the rest of it. But we need to do that and, and really need to knuckle down, knuckle down and get serious about it. And I'm like I said, if you are great, I need to knuckle down a little bit more myself, and I know that, so... You know, you get caught up in the things of the world. I get caught up in my business. And it's just things that we need to deal with and not get caught up with them. Keep him first and keep him foremost. And your life will go down the road smooth. And I'm not saying you won't have somebody bob out in front of you or run a stop sign. But nonetheless, we keep it on course. And it's important that we do that. Amen. So again, read Hebrews 11. Just read the whole thing. And get down to the end and know that his word, when he starts talking about all those men that, that God had performed. God says by faith they did this, but it was the spirit of God doing it because they released their faith. So it's two of us working. It's us and it's God. And it's us getting his word alive on the inside. And so when we speak it, things happen. All right. We might not see them immediately, but we need to know they're, they're in operation and we hold fast to our long-suffering, and we'll see a manifest. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that as they meditate on this word, as they meditate on these things, that you get across to their hearts, Lord, the integrity of your word that we, when you've said something, you've put the entire kingdom of heaven behind it, so that we can walk in that, Lord. Jesus told us that you desire to give us the kingdom. And we thank you, Lord, that you deem us important enough and valuable enough, one that you'd send Jesus to die for us and give his life for us, that we could be in the kingdom, that we could be born again. But in all the other things that you've done for us, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, and give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you all are on live stream and you'd like to give, we're going to take up an offering. If you'll go to the donate button, you should be on www.newlifefamilyworship.net. Hit the donate button. It will give you the directions. And uh, as always, we'll be agreeing with you that your seed will be multiplied. Two, we will send you a tax deductible receipt. All the rest of you, we should have an envelope on the back of the seat. And if not, make a check out and however you do it.